Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, that we're, in essence, His masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't see a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a, a Picasso, you know? But I want to be a masterpiece. I want to be everything that God has created me to be. And so I go to Him in prayer and I say, God, do whatever it takes to, to get things out of my life that don't need to be there Mold me into the image of your son so that I can be your masterpiece. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, you just said the first, so here I am. That's how it works. Oh, okay, okay. Um, if you're God, then make it snow in here. You know, if I made it snow in here, it'd get kind of yucky, and I really don't want to do this. See, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. Yes, I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. If you're God, what does Lamentations 15:9 say? Lamentations is a very short book. It only has five chapters. Why is it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Yeah. Uh, if you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? You know what? I'm not so much into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. I gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did. <laughs> yep, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. okay? All right. Hey. Yeah. Um. Well, what's this about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Here we go. Step okay. right up. Here we go. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. How do you know what to chisel and what to leave? I take out all the things in your life that aren't out of me, kind of like dead weight. Ooh. speaking of that, could you chisel right in here? I just can't get rid of it. I mean, the other went away, but this, I mean, I've tried exercising. I've watched what I ate. I even did Pilates for a while. That was awkward. But if you could chisel, All I mean, right. Can I talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, talk, chisel. No, talk, no, 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 chisel. All right, most of my children just like to talk. Not me. Bring on the chisel. Here we go. All right. You have a lot of anger. Ow. Some pride. Ow. Compare yourself to others instead of me. Ow. You're lazy. <clears throat> but you pretend like you're really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Okay. <laughs> time out. <laughs> I do not have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust? No, I can do it anytime I want. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Um, maybe, maybe we can take a little time out. I mean, I think I'm doing pretty good. You are doing good, but when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay. Then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and others need to see my son. Here we go. Okay, hold on, hold on. Um... Don't take this the wrong way. It's just that when I start looking more like your son, um, people get uncomfortable around me, you know? I mean, even my friends at church, they're all like, oh, you're holier than thou. Why would you do that, you know? I mean, so what you're doing right now is you rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. I did not say that. That's what you meant. Yes, it is. It's hard to talk to you. I mean, you know everything I'm thinking. I'm just saying, you've done good work. Maybe we take a little break, a little time out, and we'll come back to right. it. What you're doing right now is so common. What you're doing right now is called control. Do you want to control things in your life, or can I chisel? Control? Chisel? Control? No, no, chisel. chisel. Here we go. No, can, can we chisel where I want that? It's called control. Okay. You've been holding on to this for a long time. You ready for this? This hurts me more than it hurts you. Ow! I don't think you understand this pain. Don't talk to me about pain. I know all about pain. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. And there are the things in your life, you even think back to high school, that you've been doing that do not work in your life, but you go to these empty wells whenever you're hurting, whenever you're angry, whenever you're lonely and tired, but they do not work. No, no, okay, okay. Um, I'm thinking maybe you're we could... not my thoughts. Oh, okay, but if we went another way... Your we could... are not my way. Okay, well, look, I can't be good. You can't be good. I've made you good. Be good. Nothing. What is it? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something. What of my children has to say? Try me. It's just... God, I've let you down so many times. No. You were never holding me up. 
I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. And don't you forget that. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. Chisel away. All right. Just, just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because God, I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror. And it is this this scared little kid who gets up every day and tries to dress like an adult and act like an adult, but can't. So just be prepared for what you're going to find. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that are not of me. You think you're junk, don't you? You really, really, really think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't make junk. What does that say about me? How can I show you that my love for you has no boundaries? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. God. Yes? I was just saying, God, I'll do that right now. You were just saying my name in vain. You know what? It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's, it's more a... than a name. It's more than a saying. It's more than a bad habit. It's a name above all names. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. You know what that is? This is a page from, from a journal I had when I was younger. How'd you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie Holland. Other side. Sorry. I married her. I was there. Oh. God, today I am turning everything over to you. I'm not going to hold on to anything anymore. Your word says that you will make me your masterpiece and use me to do great things. I don't see how it's possible, but I want that with all that I am. So please do whatever it takes to make me what you want. I love you, God. I love you too, Tommy. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. So this salvation that you hold, don't let it be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And don't compare yourself to someone else because that is just trivial nonsense. You are my original masterpiece. You are one of my workmanship and you I find favor. This, don't look at this as a prison. But look at this as a, a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, it'll be tough. But you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you said yes to me. It's not how it works. I want you to do something. I want you to look up there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy. No, 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 no. The way you see yourself or you yearn so much for others to see you the way I see you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. One more for a bit. We're going to sing a lot of songs. Are you ready? I teach you a little something I learned from a vocal coach. You ever go to sing and it's dry and it doesn't work? This will be horrible on our recording. I'm just, my apologies to the internet. <coughs> Have you ever had that happen? You got a, a squeaky voice? Here's what you do I'll do it once and then you can try it with me, okay? Start as low as you can and go as high as you can and then come back down. <laughs> Okay, your turn. Ready? Let's load it. It's a new form of worship. <laughs> now, now just stop and feel. 
Does the inside of your throat feel a little moist? It stimulates your vocal cords and lubricates them. So now you feel like swallowing. Go ahead. But then you're lubed up and ready to go. Sometimes I get in worship. That's why I sit in the front so you can't see what I'm doing. My back to you. And uh, I go to sing and this comes, comes out. And so I, I, I go like this. You think I'm really moving in. And I'm over there going. I'm lubing up. If I forget to do it on the way to church. But that, that's so we could all sing a familiar song. You all know the words. Happy birthday to you, Joe Stangle. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Joe. Happy birthday to you. Speech. 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 Give the man a microphone. Give the man a microphone. Thank you. You can't record him from here. That a girl. Is this being recorded? You're going to put it out. He needs a mic. Andale, andale, pues. This is a good opportunity to say thank you, but really thank you to all of you. But thank you more importantly to the Lord because He needs. Uh, Over your shoulder, there you go. <laughs> thank you. He knows my needs, and He's met my needs. And the word that came this morning was a word for me. Hallelujah. And uh, it's just a great opportunity to give Him. A praise offering because he is alone this morning. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Thank you. Good testimony. Now, I can't tell you how old Joe is because I don't have permission. But I can tell you that he got married when he was 20. And this year he's going to celebrate being married 39 years. I'm not sure really how that works out. I think I have that right, don't I? Probably 29. 29, that's it. <laughs> Joe and Linda are elders here with us in the church. And, you know, Joe's been a lighthouse keeper here. I don't know if he even realizes this, since April of 2005. That's a long time to be involved in cell ministry. And I just appreciate him. Love hanging out with the guy. He's a great cook, too. He knows how to run a mean barbecue. It's kind of like Pat McGeehan. Those guys really, they can wrestle the burger down, you know. You know, I started in Psalm 3, and I'll go back there, and then we'll, we'll move ahead here. I'm having so much fun. I may just keep having fun. Is that all right? I feel like singing today. Appreciate the worship team inspiring us and getting us going. You may have to learn some songs with me today. Some of you will know them, and you can help me. Okay? But the title for my message this morning is Psalms, Hymns, and Spiritual Songs. I'm talking about prayer in the month of August and how to... Be in fellowship with the Father. And this is something that just delights me this morning, uh, how things come together. As Joe said, how this word was for him. Praise God. For all of us, but specifically a word from heaven. And uh, I, I must say that I would never have expected Jaden and this worship team to sing, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. What a beautiful little chorus. But it was birthed probably 40 years ago. Man out of time this morning. I have a, I have a, literally, I have a whole page of those in my notes. And when he began to sing that, I thought, there it is. There it is. We're going to sing some old choruses together. Because the Bible says we should be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another. King James says, speaking to yourselves, which means yourselves, kind of like all y'all, in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I started with Psalm 3. Lord, how they have increased who trouble me. Many are they who rise up against me. Many are they who say of me, there's no help for him in God. Have you ever felt that way? There's no. If you come to the place where you say, there's no, the enemy wants to say, there's no help for you in God, forget it. 
But you, O Lord, are a shield for me. My glory and the one who lifts up my head. I cried to the Lord with my voice and he heard me from his holy hill. I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Now, David wrote this psalm as he was leaving town, so to speak, when Absalom, his son, had uh, overturned his kingship and was going to make himself king in David's place. And David decided to take his family and leave town instead of fighting against his own son for the throne. You're my glory. You're the one that lifts up my head. I cried to you with my voice, and you heard me from your holy hill. I laid down and I slept. You ever had one of those nights where you lay down and slept and kind of hoped you wouldn't wake up? And you thought, what will it be like when I do wake up? And he says, I lay down and slept, and I awoke, and the Lord sustained me. And he woke up with this. I will not be afraid. I don't have to be afraid of tens of thousands of people. Even though my son has just run me out of my throne, run me out of town, literally. I don't have to be afraid of people. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheekbone. You have broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing is upon your people. I heard that in the word this morning. His blessing was on his people. I really enjoy seeing things in the spirit. I'm a visual guy. As we were hearing that word coming in tongues, I began to see this blanket sort of just right across the top of the sanctuary, right over our heads. It just rolled out like a blanket. I said, Lord, what is that? He said, it's my presence. You can't see it sometimes. You look for a Shekinah, a manifest presence, something you could see, touch like the smoke in the temple when the temple was dedicated and the priest couldn't minister because it was so full of God's presence. I said, that's his presence. And it began to just drape. I thought, that's just draping us. You're a shield about me. You're my glory and the lifter of my head. David leaving town probably looked like this. Right? Head hanging down. Dejected. Even had a friend up on the hillside. If you've read the story, if you haven't, go find it. A guy up on the side of the hill. He's shouting, spitting, and throwing rocks at David. Get out of here. You're no good. Cursing him. One of his soldiers said, you want me to take that guy out? I'll take that guy out right now. David said, no, it may be that God actually sent him to curse me as I leave town. Leave him alone. He did get it later. (laughs) End of the story. But, Lord, you're our salvation. You're our shield. I think that at the end of that, when the Lord said, be careful not to offend it. Something we really need to take note of. Don't offend his presence. Entertain his presence. Don't offend his presence. I don't know how you take that, but I I think back kind of like the masterpiece at the beginning of the service. You look in the mirror and you don't see God's masterpiece. You see the failure. You see the reject. You see the less than. And the enemy has lied to us all for years about how... uh, Unworthy we are in God's presence. And I'm learning now just to agree with him. Oh, devil, you're right again. I'm amazed that you could even find the truth. But it's true. In myself, I'm unworthy. In myself, I have no position. In myself, there's nothing. I'm like Paul. He said, in my flesh, there's no good thing. I've come to the conclusion that that part's right. But when Jesus gives me his his presence and, and his glory becomes the shield about me, front and rear, Well, then that's a different story, isn't it? That's a different conclusion. I can be in the presence of God. I'm welcomed in. Uh, Hebrews 4 says to run boldly into the throne of grace so that you can get the help you need when you need it. I'm welcome into the king's presence. He's given me of himself so that I can come. In the Bible, and we're talking about prayer and fellowship with God, uh, it could say a funny thing, and that is that singing is involved. Music is involved. We incorporate it into every, just about every service we have, whether it's a prayer service or any kind of service. There's usually some kind of a worship moment. And 
Some people say, well, I can't sing. And then we flip to the psalm that says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And you fit in because you can do that part. And uh, I, I like to say that if God gave you a good voice, it's your time to bless him with it back. If he gave you kind of a so-so voice, it's your turn to get even. Because <laughs> he has to listen, right? He's listening. It's, it's likely that if you're there often enough doing that, he may improve your situation. This, these psalms, when we talk about singing psalms, I'm going to give you a little definition this morning. It's called a mesmore. Mesmore, it's a specific kind of psalm. It's an instrumental song, a song with words accompanied by musical instruments. In fact, if, you'll, if you're at Psalm 3 and you just turn over to chapter 12, you may have a title like mine that says, Man's Treachery and God's Constancy to the Chief Musician. How many of you have a title over this Psalm 12 in your... You know, maybe, maybe yours is a little different. This one says, To the Chief Musician on an Eight-Stringed Harp. A Psalm of David. Yours might say, uh, On the Shimoneth. Something like that. That's an Eight-Stringed Harp. I was trying to think about the six-string guitar. Where do you get eight strings? And You've probably seen pictures of David with the little curvy-looking thing with the strings in the middle. Eight-Stringed Harp. David made a lot of these implements of worship. He created them. He fashioned them. God gave him grace. And here we have the Psalms, which is basically the hymn book of the Hebrews. Amismor. Amismor comes from the verb zamar, which means to play or make music while singing, to sing psalms, to sing forth praises. The definitive aspect of amismor is that it requires musical instruments. It's possible, we know this, to sing songs. It's called shireem. Sing songs without instruments. Lots of us need to do this and do this in our lighthouses where there's no accompaniment or with a CD. And we try it sometimes we'll just sing as we did a few moments ago without any accompaniment at all. That would be a shireem. But a mismor, or you can also talk, right? Just give God praise. Lord, I praise you. I give you glory. This is another part of the worship set this morning that I really appreciated. Jaden was, he said, just go ahead and sing whatever you want to to the Lord. And I thought, that's where we're going today. Because we need to foster this in our spirit, man. We need to let this out because it's in there. If you've been born again of God, it's in you to worship him. And so to speak his praises is what we call the tehillim. Those are speeches. No musical accompaniment. But it's not possible to fulfill many of the biblical commands that use the verb zamar unless instruments are used. And if you look at, uh, you can almost pick any, just flip into the Psalms almost anywhere, but Psalm 98 verse 5 says, sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of a psalm, with the harp and the sound of a mizmor, with trumpets and the sound of a horn, shout joyfully before the Lord the King. It's scriptural, what we do when we come to worship God and we use instruments. And David developed a lot of the instruments. In fact, later on, he appointed guys to be in worship 24 hours a day at the temple. Priests had shifts. Wouldn't that be something? When's your shift? I got the graveyard. (laughs) Well, let's not call it that. We're going to the temple. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I got the late shift. What are you doing? Well, I'm playing the eight-string harp tonight. And, uh, you know, Louie's going to sing. And... and, uh, Benny's on the drums. Eight-hour shift, worshiping in the temple. I'd like to have that for your job. That sounds pleasing, doesn't it? But I would think after about an hour, it could become challenging. What do you want to sing now? I don't know. How about Psalm 17? Well, we already did that one. <laughs> okay, how about Psalm 117? Well, I know we're going to be here for a few hours. How about Psalm 119? <laughs> Psalm 119? 
Second Samuel, speaking of King David, chapter 22. Second Samuel 22, then David spoke to the Lord with the words of this song. On the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And uh, you, if you're going to follow me on this part, you need the new King James. I wasn't going to use the King, King James until we get a little bit later here. But David spoke to the Lord the words of this what? Nismore. If you don't know this, this is also Psalm 18. You flip it over. I did this last night again. I took Psalm 18 and Psalm 22 and I folded the pages of my Bible. And I went back and forth. And you can just read verse after verse and they're the same thing. The words of this Mismore on the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my strength in whom I will trust my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, you save me from violence. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Live it. And blessed be my rock, and may the God of my salvation be exalted. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and may the God of my salvation be exalted. Right there. This is where we get these things. I'm not sure that's how David sang it, because we don't have the notes here. When the waves of death surrounded me, the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry entered his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of heaven quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Now, there's a separation in my Bible between verse 7 and verse 8. A lot of the commentaries will give it to you this way. David is saying, I was in distress. Fear of death. Sheol was all around me. And I cried out to God. And he heard me. And he answered. And he got mad. And he began to shake the heavens. And he began to shake the earth. Why? Because I prayed. Now that's an answer to prayer. Things are moving and shaking. Doesn't that sound like the book of Acts? We all gathered in one place and said, God, give us strength. May you have your anointing. They're attacking your son, Jesus. And we want to go out and preach in his name. And the whole place was shaken. Hey, this Friday night's prayer first. What do you say we do a little shaking? Get together and pray. Here, 7 o'clock, Friday night. After we move Rob into his house, we'll drag him over here and make you pray with us. <laughs> Tired or not. But we'll revive ourselves in the presence of God. We'll pray and maybe God will shake our community. David's saying there's answers to prayer. God just gets involved. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. He rode upon a cherub and flew and he was seen upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness canopies around him, dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. For the brightness, from the brightness before him, coals of fire were kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. He sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning bolts, and he vanquished them. Then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were uncovered at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. We're talking about Almighty God. And David is talking about his God and his deliverance. And he's giving a song about his whole administration, if you will, his kingdom. He's talking about the God who carried him through all that he went through. It's a great song. I wish we had the music. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me. From my strong enemy, from those who hated me. By the way, many waters is not necessarily a river or ocean. 
or a lake. It means people. Many waters. And he goes on to define that. My strong enemy, those who hated me. For they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. My mind shifts back to the skit at the beginning this morning. God delights in you. God sees you as an original masterpiece. You're one of a kind. We have enough you know, things they tell us about our fingerprints and different parts of our body that, that say there's nobody like you. I know, I heard somebody say, thank God. But see, that's the problem. There's nobody like you. And God thinks you're an original masterpiece. You know, originals are worth a lot. Anybody got a Kincaid print? Do you wish you had the original? Why? Because it's worth a lot more than your print. That painting on the back wall right there, the lighthouse, in the back corner, has a story. My mom painted that. She had an artist in her gallery that was like Kincaid before Kincaid was Kincaid. His name was Charles Cochran. He used to do lighthouses like that. And they were beautiful. And we started in her gallery. And then the first few years of her gallery business, painting that size of his was worth about $400. Ten years later, after she figured out how to tell people who he was and what he could do, that same painting was going for 4000 well, I should have bought one when it was four. So when I got to 4000 I couldn't afford one. I said, Mom, you think you could get Chuck to paint me one? Kind of like donate it to the church. She said, I'll see what I can do. Months went by. Nothing happened. thought she forgot. I walked into her gallery one day, and she says, Come here, I want to show you something. It was an easel with a painting, and she pulled back the cover, and it was that painting right there. And I immediately figured it out. She did You know, my mama raised ugly kids, not dumb ones. <laughs> as soon as she pulled that back, I thought, oh, my goodness. The whole time I was asking her to get an artist to paint me a painting, I'm talking to my mother, who's an artist. And I never once asked her to do it. So I was about this tall, you know, maybe half to three quarters of an inch. And she said, is it what you wanted? And I thought, it is exactly because I described to her what I'd hoped for, and she painted it, and she gave it to us. And that's an original. To me, that has got tremendous value. Yeah? You're an original. God made you, and he will defend you. He will clothe upon you with his presence. He will give you his grace and his mercy. He will hear you when you cry out. And if he's got to shake the heavens and the earth to bring an answer to your need, he can do it. The question you're wondering is, will he? We're like the man that came to Jesus and said, Lord, if you want to, you could heal me. Jesus' response, two words in the English, I will. No question. You can if you want to, I will. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness, my cleanness in his eyes. Wait a second. Is this David? Is this the murderous adulterer writing about his cleanness? How does that work? David's talking about his general bent in life. He knew he was a sinner. He was the one that sinned. He quickly repented. And from that, we sing together. Created me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Verses 10 to 13. And renew a right spirit within me. 
Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and renew a right spirit within me. I don't know if you've ever sung the other verse, but then will I teach transgressors by laws, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. It's in verse 13. Then will I teach transgressors thy laws, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. That's the result of getting the clean heart as you begin to teach others. Again, another song from the Psalms, another Mismore that we have learned in a tune that we can carry. David wasn't declaring himself a, a, a holy man. He was declaring himself one who was quick to repent and come back to the ways of God and follow in a general bent of his life to be clean-handed before God. With the merciful God, he says in verse 26, you show yourself merciful. With a blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. You will save the humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty, that you may bring them down. For you are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord shall enlighten my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. I can run through a troop. And leap over a wall. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does anybody know this? You're my strength and my shield. You give power to all. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I am free from condemnation. Jesus is the rock of my salvation. I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thanks for your help. And I said, it's a bummer when that happens. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? God is my strength and power, and he makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on my high places. He teaches my hand to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. Whoa. Now, that's a compound bow. Now, some of you hunters could probably confirm this better than I can, but it's my understanding that the feet of the deer plants the front hoofs, pushes off, and the rear hoofs go right into the front hoof prints. So if you were tracking, you'd only see like you're chasing a two-legged animal. Is that right? He makes my feet like hind's feet. In other words, he puts the way, and my feet just go there. He makes your feet like hinds feet. I heard this morning in the word of the Lord, remembering here, that he would that we needed to move out in faith. He would go before us. Did, did I hear that correctly? It's kind of weird because you're saying it. And you're not sure you're hearing it. But he makes my feet like hinds feet. Lord, you go first. I'll walk in your footsteps. You know, we have lots of pictures of Jesus that have been painted. I have one in my office upstairs by a guy named Wally Fisher. Another great artist, now, now with the Lord. And uh, it's a depiction of Jesus' face. We have lots of pictures of Jesus. And, and we relate to him by looking at those. We know it's not necessarily him. There's a remarkable consistency through time in the art world that, that people who have been unrelated even by centuries, when they go to paint the picture of Jesus, they come out very similar. That's just an interesting thing. But I always thought a good picture for me to have of Jesus put on the wall would be a picture of his back. Because that's where I need to be. Following. I don't need to be 
I like being his friend and having a face-to-face relationship and being his friend. But there should be that point where I say, oh, there's where I put my nose. Right in his back. And just let's go. Step by step. Walking the feet of the deer. You've also given me the shield of your salvation. Your gentleness has made me great. You enlarged my path under me so my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and destroyed them. Neither did I turn back again until they were destroyed. And I have destroyed them and wounded them so that they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet. Romans 16:19 says. Anybody want to jump in? You're hearing it. We're going to sing this. Okay, you got to help me sing this. You know what? Romans 16, 19. Romans. Oh, you have to start it so you can get it. Right? Romans 16, 19 says. Be innocent. Be innocent of evil. Be excellent at what is good. Be innocent of evil. And the God of peace will soon crush Satan. The God underneath your feet. Thank you. <laughs> May the God of peace soon crush Satan. Underneath your feet. See, I don't know them all either, but that's how we lift Scripture up and begin to sing it. Mismore. Shireen. Tehillah. Songs with instruments, songs unaccompanied, words of praise. You want to say those words? Means more. Shireen. Tequila. No, it's not tequila. Not tequila. Tequila. It's Hebrew, not Spanish. For you have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose against me. May the God of peace soon crush Satan underneath your feet. It's your calling. It's your destiny to crush your enemies. Now, our enemies are not people. Nations. Ephesians 6. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's not the battle. It's against spiritual wickedness in high places. Principalities and powers. Demonic rulerships. God has given the community here of Big Bear Valley into our hands and said, go out and take it. It's yours. Now, who's that left up to? God, go get them. God, go. No, 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 no. God says, no, you go. No, no, you go, God. You go. No, you go. Remember the word, Matthew 28? Go into all the world. As you're going, make disciples. Snatch them out of darkness. Help them get translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his son. Deliver them out of the jaws of the evil one. Snatch them out of the jaws of the lion. Deliver them into life eternal. You've also given me the necks of my enemies so that I destroyed those who hated me. They looked, but there was none to save, even to the Lord. But he didn't answer them. And then I beat them as fine as the dust of the earth. I trod them like Dirt in the streets, I spread them out or I scattered them. And he goes back to God. You have also delivered me from the strivings of my people. You have kept me as the head of the nations. A people I have not known shall serve me. The foreigners submit to me. As soon as they hear, they obey me. The foreigners fade away and come frightened from their hideouts. The Lord lives. Mine's got an exclamation point. How about yours? The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let God be exalted, the rock of my salvation. It's God who avenges me and subdues the people under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. He is the tower of salvation to his king and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. I'll sing praises to your name. Psalm 27, 1. 
The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength, the strength of my life. Of whom then shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Sorry to put you through some of this pain, but... In that same chapter, chapter 27, verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty the beauty of the Lord to inquire in his temple the temple of the Lord to behold his beauty the beauty of the Lord to inquire in his temple the temple of the Lord Isn't that cool how God has birthed these little tunes for us to carry in our hearts with his word I was talking to Leah Master, who is head of our kids' zone. I'm talking about what is the best thing we could do to help your children and the children of the church for generations. What is the best thing we can do? What does the Bible tell us we need to do? Now, some of you say, well, we need a, a kid's service. Some say, well, we need Sunday school. And I'm saying, well, I haven't found Sunday school in the Bible yet. I'm not saying it's something we shouldn't do. I just think that what does the Bible tell us we should do with our kids? We go to Deuteronomy chapter 4, Deuteronomy chapter 6, and all throughout the Word, it's going to find that parents are supposed to be impressing into the heart of their children the ways of God. Well, that means we have to help you do it. That means we have to support you in your ability to teach your kids the ways of God. I said, well, what should we do then with the children when they're with us? I said, why don't we do what the Jews used to do? They used to tell everything by transmission of story and by memorization of Scripture. And what's a great way to memorize scripture? Singing it. So we're, you know, we haven't made any massive change yet in the kids' zone. But I'm thinking if we're going to imbibe the word of God into the hearts of children, they've got to be able to sing it. They've got to be able to have it in their spirit. So that in the tough times, when the darkness comes, the lights get turned on. Now, I don't know that they're going to sing the songs I grew up singing, you know, all these things we're doing this morning, but... We had, we had a little book we called the Psalter, and where people had taken the Psalms and written tunes to them, and that's that's what we had as a worship set. That was it. I mean, we sang the Psalms, um, and that was because we had rejected hymns. I mean, I think that's what happened in the charismatic movement, and they kind of just said, "Well, we're not going to sing hymns anymore. We're going to sing choruses." I got a great joke about choruses, but I don't have time to tell it to you. It's hilarious, but it's really long. No, I'm not going to do it. Later, you want to stay later? You want to stay after service. So, 20, verse 6 through 8. You've got to start at 7, go back to 6, and down to 8. Are you still helping me up here or no? Okay, good. Psalm 20. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Verse 6. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand they are brought down and fallen but we are risen and stand upright some trust in chariots and some in horses but we will remember the name of the lord our god some trust in chariots and some in horses but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Simple stuff. 
powerful scriptures. You know, when you're driving along in your chariot, you might want to sing that song. And like I said, I'm not going to sing you into the ground here. We're, we're about done, but I was just having so much fun singing the scriptures, remembering the Lord. And let's just jump ahead. I'll do two other scriptures. Ephesians chapter 5. So you don't think I'm just being corny today. As you're turning to Ephesians chapter 5, I'll read a couple of these others off the list. Psalm 48, one of the ones that, man, I think I learned this right after I got saved about a year later. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. The city of our God, the mountain of his holiness. I was singing these songs. They had no clue they were coming out of the Bible. I thought they were a little rough, you know, because they don't always rhyme and they're kind of, their meter's a little off sometimes. But I, then somebody began to say, well, that comes out of Psalm 48. You go, really? Wow. How about Psalm 61? Hear my cry, O God. Tend unto my prayer. Mm-hmm. What a, it's a mismore. It's a shireen. It's a... Hey, you're thinking tequila. <laughs> tequila. It's a tequila. No. It's a dos equis. It's a tecate, man. No. None of those. Tequila. It was in one line of a song we sang this morning. I can't recall it right now, but Nehemiah 8.10, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this is the holy day unto the Lord, and we shall not be sorry. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is the joy of the Lord is the joy of the Lord is my strength. Of course, the kids sing it a different way. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is is my strength. Then you'd get them going, if you want joy, you must jump for it. You know, they remember it. Ephesians 5, verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine. In which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another or speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Be filled with the Spirit. How can you be filled with the Spirit? How can you walk in the presence of God? How can we keep this shroud and this shield about me of His presence and His glory? You've got to get it in your heart to sing. You know, get even if you have to. Let it begin to roll in your spirit. When Jaden said this morning, sing whatever you want to, I thought, boy, I hope everybody's got a want to. And I hope everybody has a a content. And I begin to think, sometimes I just go into rote things that I've said over the years. God, your, your majesty, your glory. It's so like you're pulling these scriptural words. And I said, God, I need something original. I need to really stop and just sing and thank you for what happened this week. For how you've lifted me on that day. And how you pushed back my enemy on that day. And how you blessed me so with this on that day. And God, I've got a week full of song and thanksgiving I could give you. And so I should. And so should you. You ever notice the people around you that are humming and singing and whistling? Aren't they generally happy people? Don't they irritate you (laughs) when you're not happy? What do you say we go out and irritate a few this week? Let's go irritate a few people this week. This one, if you don't know it, Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Real simple. You want to try it? Like this means yes. Like this means no. Okay. You want to try it? Uh, I guess some. Be filled with the Spirit, 
speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Were you singing in tongues? <laughs> watermelon cantaloupe, watermelon cantaloupe. Here's one of the most famous moments in the scripture. I'm going to end it with a song. You got, you got that cut ready to go? Selah. It's not on there. I can't sing that one. I'll read it. Acts chapter 16. I have it. I could have handed it to you. Acts chapter 16. Are you sure we don't have it? Are you finding it? I'm stalling. I'm going to be in Revelation soon. <laughs> He's looking. He's hunting. Maybe. It would be a lot better if they sang it. Mm. Verse 20. These men, are being, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. They teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or to observe. The multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Listen to this answer of prayer. Sounds like David's. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Yeah? Go for it. Thank you. I didn't have to go all the way around. In prisoners' chains With bleeding stripes Paul and Silas prayed That night And in their pain Began Their chains were loosed And they were free I bless your name